All right. Hey, hey, hey. It's uh, Sunday, January. What we got here? 20, 26th. January 26th. Wow. It's 1040 in the morning and I'm having a late walk with the bud. It's 61 degrees. It's going up to 72 here in Arizona. This is Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just spent almost two hours journaling out thoughts, right? And uh, I am, well, the sun's out. It's a really nice morning, Sunday morning. This is one of those, uh, every Sunday now is a little bit of a stressor. Um, because I'm just not going. My wife's still processing going. We had a good half hour conversation this morning. I listened to her, which is, you know, and really deep listening. There's listening and then there's like deep listening, right? I think I was deeply listening today, you know, empathetic, making observations, but not trying to talk too much. You know, be sensitive, like responsive. And we all, it's a complex world out there, people. So the so what of this podcast is kind of relationships. What a broad term, right? We all have many. We have like work relationships, family relationships. Apparently, I could probably even say that we have church relationships. Now, I'm a Kool-Aid drinking dreamer that is optimistically hoping for Nirvana or something. I don't know. I just, I had this probably naive, naive, sounds good, naive um, thoughts that somehow there's going to be some kind of like uh, amazing group of people that get together and just love one another and just be so supportive of one another and really care about one another, right? I'm so idealistic. I'm a misfit, I guess is what I was calling myself. But there's other misfits out there too. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you might, if you had, I should say on the Gaussian curve, we're all misfits to some extent, right? So one of my favorite books is, um, Everybody's normal until you get to know them, right? So if you listen to this podcast once, you might think, well, this guy's not too unnormal, right? But the more and more you listen, it's probably like, wow, this guy really is not normal. <laughs> and he's walking his dog doing a podcast. And, uh, and that's okay to be it. I'm trying to embrace the outlier characteristics we all have. And and there's so much pressure for conformity, especially in spiritual church environment. And that's probably where the rub is for me. It's because I'm an inclusive person. I'm, I'm identifying with this desire for inclusivity. And 
it's painful because this is life and there's not there's always going to be exclusivity and it hurts me in my soul because i've been drinking the kool-aid that inclusivity is possible so maybe you know i can maybe put a spiritual spin on strengths so that's inclusivity i can see the downfall or the blind side or the pain that it brings to me and I, can i apply that to strategy and ideation and even woo right woo i, I love winning others over so hopefully you're not here enjoying the podcast i hope i win you over but um in communication communication and positivity all these strengths a lot of people don't like them like you know some people don't like super positive people and apparently like uh some of my strengths you know like woo winning others over people are kind of like have different levels and different like well this guy is so superficial and it's ironic because i feel like I'm, i really want to go deep you know so, <laughs> so it's like how can i come across as superficial and yet be deep these are those conundrums with with things right so it flat out says with woo you know you're winning on this over i would come across like a used car salesman or something and so um you know that's superficial and yet with the like strategic thinking and ideation i'm uh seeking to go deep and that and people don't like ideas like if again like my worst thing is harmony and discipline so i love harmony it's a nice weakness to have because i don't care like to all of us have in a way i like i don't care that we all have the same opinions right but it comes across like i really do it's an ironic twist on harmony and so because i'm like how can a person that doesn't care about being harmonious want to include people so yeah i'm going over this again repeating it to myself this is practice you've heard this before probably and if you listen to this before or not and uh that's okay it's repetition okay i i'm not really comfortable listening to other people repeat things that i've heard before but i guess the corollary is i expect others listen to me say the same thing again <laughs> because i i think it's not really the same anymore i'm saying it today morning i'm uh i'm saying it today and today is different because i live in the moment right but anyway that's part of communication and thinking about a strategic communication plan which I don't really have but I will we'll work on that and will some things come together I mean another observation or aha experience I'm having the last month is sometimes things just get answered without much effort on my part I really I really like that don't you like that in your life 
And maybe you notice it more than I do. You know? But I think it's a good thing to notice that some things just resolve themselves without a lot of effort. And I think we probably feel, at least I do, I feel pressure like I have to control things or have to influence things. I have to influence a positive outcome. And yet, a lot of really good outcomes just happen. And I may have nothing, very little to do with it. I should say nothing. I may have very little to do with it. So, where are we at? Bud's out here walking. It's been... This is 10.30 or so in the morning or later. It's not when he normally likes to walk, so he patiently put up with me deep diving on my journal. And uh, I wrote a lot of stuff, and I'm, I'm debating about, I kind of wrote it for others, because this week we kind of have a, I scheduled or organized a meeting with some people to talk about Where's our church, right? Where's our church? Actually, that might be a really good podcast, right? Where's our church? Because I respect these people a lot. They're really, actually, really deep thinkers, frustrated, just not feeling right, don't know where the church is. They've they've visited quite, quite a few more churches than I have. And uh, they have, uh, you know, gotten further along and exploring other things and communicating with leadership of other places and, you know, have had less than positive experiences, right? So I think they get it. And this one woman has basically resigned herself to like, I don't think she'll ever find the church that she can be a part of. And that's frustrating, right? And a lot of people probably just don't care. It's like, well, that's her problem. She's got a problem. Because I have such a strong desire for inclusivity. I, I see that as there's something wrong here. Something needs to change. <laughs> it's actually someone needs change we all need change right so yeah could someone say like oh yeah you're putting so much expectations on the leadership of things and sure enough that's what what i do but it's not because i just want to be confrontational contrarian uh the contrarian contentious yeah I guess that's it contrarian contentious but creating conflict so again we had an experience and I empathize with my wife interaction with a daughter-in-law where my wife's trying to be helpful positive feedback but it was received as criticism, right? So these are the, probably a lot of crux of a lot of interpersonal tensions is when you don't understand what the person's saying it or why, what's the motivation. So my daughter-in-law received a message from my wife who 
eyewitness. I was right there the whole time. And I thought it was appropriate. And I, I didn't see it one bit as being a criticism, you know? And I, I'm pretty critical. And so I told my wife, I said, I think your communication was great. Fine. I, I didn't, you know, if I was given that message, I would, of course, people would, could find like my attitude or my tone is critical or something. And I, that is a development area for me is to learn how to communicate not with a tone of criticism, but a tone of wanting to make things better. And that's a big difference. But even in cases like my wife, I thought she delivered a, a message that was not critical at all. Right? I mean, uh, I'm, this is not a normal position for me because so, that's not a normal position for me to take. I know I'm, I'm accurate because I don't normally take this position. But the mother-in-law, wait, no, the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law relationship is probably fraught with tension and difficulty, right? So I get that. But honestly, the communication was mild, positively suggesting. And I don't normally um, defend other people that much. <laughs> but I do and I don't, right? I do and I don't. So it didn't blow up into anything. I mean, direct confrontation. But there was a text message that followed that wasn't uh, wasn't exactly, um, what do you call it? Received in a, basically the text message indicated that the message received was one of criticism and not received as a message of positive feedback, right? So I think I got off track a little bit already, but I hope that was an important communication lesson there that you can apply today. You know, you can apply and think, okay, am I attributing poor motives to the communications I'm receiving? And we usually build up an opinion about people and we let those opinions linger for weeks, months, years even. And so we have this positional opinion and we lose our objectivity of listening and understanding and realizing like, well, I know what this person was like 10 years ago, but it's possible that they changed. But for some reason, we hang on to perceptions um, from many years ago for too long. Reminds me of the, the woman said that she's got a 30-second reset button. And I joked and said, well, I have like a 30-year reset button. And I think she's right. I think she's got, that's better. I'm, and it's like, how do you have a 30-second reset button? In other words, someone offends you, you get in a confrontation, and you just get over it and move on. I live in the present. You know, live in the moment. I, I, I struggle with that. Maybe you do too. It's like, it's like you, do you hang on to old perceptions? And then it, and it runs strong in families, right? Because you kind of have this like, well, I got to be related to this person. I've got a connection. 
biologically, socially, legally, whatever. So there's more intensity there. So in just general relationships, people, it's uh, people can set their boundaries and I don't, I'm not a big boundary person, right? And that hurts me. Uh, I've talked about that before. So what about this journaling this morning? I'm debating on, I dumped out some thoughts. And these are some critical passages in my book because I spent a lot of time on um, Galatians. And I'm pretty sure it makes sense that this would be like Paul's first book. There's a debate on whether it was first and second Thessalonians or not. And I'm sure you're not as deeply into this thing yet as I am, but I think the chronological reading helps set the stage for a better understanding of what's going on. Because there was a debate, you see it in the book of Acts, where Luke records the history of the the uh, um, early church, would say, but I'm, I want to say the unleashing of the Holy Spirit. Because God's still alive. So that's a takeaway for you to think about. Do you think of God still being alive and not just intellectually acknowledging it, but experientially thinking like, huh, maybe God can relate. I can relate to God in the same way that some of these people in the past that are recorded related to. And I think we miss that. You know? I think it's possible. It's even, and then he even tells us it's possible through the Holy Spirit. And that's why my emphasis on the Holy Spirit, which sounds so weird, right? Even my friend Juan said, well, you're just Pentecostal. You know, I, think, I think he was teasing me because I resist this denominational crap stuff. Because there's one God, one message. It's not, we've screwed up the whole thing with all these little tribalism, denominational stuff. So maybe I can lead the way to a commonality of understanding and uh, not the, the traditional word is like ecumenicalism or something and I don't like that I'm not gonna, I don't want to be labeled that either because that almost sounds like you're going to have some kind of structure well all these structures human organizations leaders right they're all they all get in the way they distract from the power of the essential message and the what is that to you question the you follow me question no that's in France it's PETA what is that to you you follow me so can I rest in peace that I'm following today I'm uh and that's all that we have. Let's uh, truncate it down to the simplicities of, of uh, just following. Come on, bud. Follow me, bud. He doesn't want to follow me. He wants to go a little longer. He started on a shortcut way, and that's my preference. Because I he's writing these journal notes for two hours. It's pretty intense, you know? It's kind of like a 
writing a book that's to myself kind of thing. And do I share it with other people? I want to in a way, but, you know, again, it's probably a bit, some might say, oh, that's over the top. And that's because I, as superficial as I might come across, I really do want to be deep. So, what am I doing? I'm processing. I'm walking the dog. The sun's out. I'm a bit warm. I got a sweatshirt on because it's 60. It's uh, cool out here. And I, I didn't sleep all that well either. I'm not sleeping. I get tired at 7, 8 at night. Go to sleep. Wake up at 1.30, 2 in the morning. Toss around. I don't know. And so, I just have this uneasy, not restful, probably a lot of stress, uncertainty. So, and making, probably make a lot of things more important than they really are. That's, that's been my life is um, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unanswered questions. And maybe I create challenges because that's where I feel comfortable in uncertainty. Kind of weird psychological. This is another therapy session. This is my self self therapy, and it's probably as good as paying someone 150 bucks, as I mentioned, because I'll pay them 150 bucks, listen to me, and categor just they'll just categorize my commentary, and like. Does that help just to categorize it? Sometimes, but I think I'll keep the 150 bucks, especially because I don't, I'm not overflowing with cash. So, <laughs> so. what an experience. I don't know. I, I, there's, hopefully, there's going to be some big change in my life. And I don't know. Hopefully, I can handle it well, move on. Make make good decisions, make better decisions. Instead of making good decisions, maybe that's a good takeaway. Don't think of making good decisions. Think of making better decisions. Okay. Yeah, that's a process. Is everything a process? A process of improvement? Moving up the curve? Yeah, maybe. So, I'm a bit, you know, journaling for two hours. It's pretty emotional. Spent already. I'm not sure what I'm going to do right now. I kind of want to go to the gym, spend an hour and 15 minutes lifting weights, which I'll probably do within the next three or four hours, but it's just a matter of timing and how it fits in. And it's Sunday, so I'm really flexible. And for many of you, that's probably weird because you probably have most of your hours scheduled in your calendar. And that works. But this past week, looking back, I did some painting. Spent about six to ten hours painting rooms. My wife's very happy. Because she's that kind of person that likes to get things done physically. You know, I'm 
way too much in my head. So I think I'm getting things done in my head, but I'm probably not. But now I've realized the only way I can claim some kind of victory uh, for getting things done is if I write. You know? For me, getting things done means communication. Getting things done means strategy. Getting things done means ideas. And my wife is a uh, get things done person, which is great. That's where the team helps, the balance, balance of strengths, as long as you work together. And you will, as a team, achieve great things. But uh, I'm a difficult team member, I guess, in some ways. But it depends on how much I open my mouth. Um, I had some nice German interaction the last 24 hours. Every once in a while, I reach out to some communists, some former communists I know. And it makes me feel good because it's different, right? I would guess my listeners don't have any uh, real-life people that flourished, thrived, and survived under communism, but they did. That's kind of cool, right? Can you thrive and survive under communism? I know some people that did. And not, it's not because they're assholes or something. <laughs> it's just because they're human beings and they knew what they were up against. So, hey. Yeah, so my AirPods came out and killed the podcast for a second. So, yeah, sir, I'm talking about communists thriving and surviving. And that's what they did for many years. And then the world turned upside down on them and changed. But those that truly were surviving and thriving in communism. There's a couple kinds of people like that. There's the ones that were dependent on the system and those that were overriding the system that that maybe realized this communist system isn't that great, but we're going to go with it because we're not going to change it. And they accepted it and they still had loving families and people and relationships. And then when the wall came down, they uh, adopted to the new way. Now, most of the listeners, I'm sure, are fascinating. You probably cannot possibly imagine. I, I think there are probably, maybe there's a, a million people on the planet that probably can relate to it, but they're not podcasting when they walk their dog, right? So I'm all you got, man. <laughs> so I love these communists because they have love.
they love people. They're not angry, bitter about the wall coming down. They didn't, you know, their lives were turned upside down. And now they're living with that and doing well. They're thriving and surviving very well in a new system. So that takes some grit and fortitude. I think that's amazing. And there really is probably a book there uh, for that. And uh, yeah, so I don't know how that works. I mean, I, I'm obviously full of ideas. And I'm going to end it now because I want to move on. And I'm back home. And I really don't know what, what did I call this podcast? Like, oh, can I even remember? It was kind of random as usual. And there were some things in there for you. I hope you took notes. You can rewind and pick up the uh, the calls to action to love people. And uh, maybe I'll just call it that, love people. Kind of generic. It's all inclusive. Maybe it's appropriate. We'll find out. You tell me. It's up to you. You're the hero. You're listening to this. Thanks for your investment in time. And may you be blessed with grace and mercy and peace. So there you go. Cheers.